Hello, and welcome to another episode of Make Money Your Partner, where we support people in achieving financial consciousness and abundance. And today's guest, we have Rachel Minnie. Rachel, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Glad you're here. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to highlight you. <laughs> so um, folks, Rachel is a financial abundance coach. She's a real estate investor. She's an entrepreneur and educator. She has spent 15 years leading clients and other financial advisors to uncover their why with money. She has spent thousands of hours guiding and educating on what principles of financial wellness are and how to use money as a tool to create security and freedom to live out a dream life. Beautiful. As a coach and educator, she is committed to her client's ability to see what is possible for themselves is unwavering. Rachel is passionate about helping women be more comfortable about talking about money and even arriving to being confident with building loads of wealth. She thrives on helping career-driven professionals and entrepreneurs align their financial strategy with their purpose. She has taken her practical business Eckerman and she's integrated it with her passion to educate and translate the financial world around us into an effortless part of a lifestyle. Thank mm -hmm. you again for being here and thank you for what you're doing with bringing in that conversation around money and making it this uh, thing that just gets to be had. So tell us, how did you get started with becoming a financial coach? Great question. Um, I've been in the financial services industry for 15 years and about seven years ago, really had to sit with, did I continue to want to be in this industry? Because I didn't love where it had gone for me in my um, financial planning practice at the time. And I was really burnt out. I was burnt out with the process of it all of having to do a lot of very tactical, administrative, product-related things that didn't really put me in front of clients most often, which is what I loved and what I wanted to do. And I basically gave up my financial planning practice at that time and did a full reset. I really sat with, I did, a, I worked part-time, I sat with myself a lot, I spent a lot of time by myself really digging into what did my heart desire, what did I want financial wellness to look like for people, and for my clients, for the people who I sat in front of most often, and what were they asking me about, and it was never the product I was selling them, it was always the budgets, the credit, the debt, all the things that I wanted to be talking with them about and they wanted to be talking about, but wasn't necessarily fit into the schedule of events that we had um, in our financial planning practices. So I set out at that point, I spent six months um, redesigning what I wanted to bring to the table from a financial wellness standpoint to my clients. And I created a course at that point and it was super basic. It was just 24 different habits. And what are the top best habits that I wanted them to have and to gift them with. And I took my former clients through all of that. 
And then I got kind of back into the financial services industry in a different capacity. So it was a very long winding journey to get to where I am now, which is all online courses and coaching and really building all of that out. But at that seed of that vision, it really came from a painful place of burnout for myself and what I wanted, but also this recognition of we're not doing it the right way to serve clients in the industry. And it really just broke my heart that I didn't, I wasn't able to spend the time I wanted to sharing with them what they really wanted to hear. And there was a, a lack of alignment in that. And so I just decided to do it my own way <laughs> and not be a part of a big company that did it a certain way and said that they offered, you know, financial wellness, but the reality was, you know, we sold products. And so yeah, that's just, that's my driving passion, waking up each and every day, having been through hard financial decisions of bankruptcy and losing a home and all the things on my own journey, it's hard. And there's a lot of guilt and shame and emotion that goes into those journeys. And so coming out on the other side of that and getting to a place of making over seven figures and getting to a place of understanding what the emotion is on both sides of that contrast has allowed me to really guide a lot of people on either side of the table, whether it is in the brokenness of scarcity and um, lack and not enoughness, or whether it is this scared, like, oh my gosh, unknown, terrified building of wealth. And I don't know what's coming next and fear of missing out. And there's so many emotions that go into our entire financial wellness journey. So that's my why. Mm, beautiful. And you know, you and I connected last year, right? Mm -hmm. Early parts of last year. And it was great because we have similar stories with our background being in the financial industry and just recognizing what was missing uh, in the industry or what is missing in the industry. And so it, it's great to hear when people are actually in the industry and firsthand being able to recognize exactly what the industry is doing. And it claims that it's educating, yet it's not, right? Like you said, it's product-driven. It's it, it really, unfortunately, a lot of advisors and firms are not going that extra route, which is now what you're finding is what the need is. Um, and, you know, we've both had this conversation about, you know, keeping your licenses active and or not because of the fact that, there's much more freedom <laughs> not having the, the active licenses, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Just like a weight lifted off of me, knowing that from a compliance angle, what I'm allowed or not allowed to say or do, and it just became so overwhelming that it was restraining, you know, having licenses, which allowed me to sell products, which I didn't really care for anyways. Like, you know, there's a time and a place for products. I don't want to say that they're bad, but it just frees up so much conversation to be had around the truth of where people are at with money and the feelings and the emotion that come up and really what people need, which we don't talk enough about is the shift in mindset and how we get to look at and be in relationship with money. And that's what we're missing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes a perfect little segue into our topic today, which is the value of bringing the heart-centered approach to the financial industry, or at least into the conversation of finances, right? And so what do you see the value is in bringing that heart-centered approach? 
Yeah, it's a much quicker path to enabling someone to actually not working for them. So if something isn't working in their financial um, journey, maybe it's they have an abundance of debt because they don't know how to get out of the debt cycle because they don't know how to relate to money. And there's some fears that go into that. Or maybe it's they're building tons of wealth, but they're so like not able to make certain decisions because they're so afraid of making the wrong decision. There's a whole fear that that happens around that angle. And on either side of the table, like there's still a lot to unpack with how our emotions relate to money, but also in our deepest desires of our heart, what do we actually want? We don't care to talk about money. That's not actually the issue. It's the freedom. It's the enablement of what it is that we actually desire and how does money play a role in that money is simply a tool in that so not putting so much focus on the money part of it it's in the tactical part it's how do we actually relate with it and in our deepest desires how do we unpack what do we really want which enables us then to use money as a tool to plug in the pieces yeah, so it's really getting to the heart of somebody's desires and what they want for life, right? Versus just being about the products, right? That are out there that is going to reach them to maybe some type of financial gain, uh, but it's not understanding even their why, right? Or what's important. And that's really getting to the heart center, right? And so what is, you talked about mindset, which is super valuable in this conversation around money. And so what is one habit that helps you focus in being in the state of abundance? Mm, yeah, there's a lot of different ones that I love to share. I think the quickest and easiest one that I found with most of my clients is being in an embodiment of thanking money. So really kind of objectifying it in a way that money comes in and you literally thank it. Like something we do as a fun um, little exercise is in Japanese culture, uh, thank you is arigato. And if you kind of yell arigato, arigato, it's a really fun word to say, but it's also really a fun way to experience money differently. Money coming in, thanking your money. And what's even more powerful is the money going out. So when you do pay your rent or your mortgage or your bills, it's or you buy something, um, you know, a meal or something at Target or whatever that looks like, you're thanking your money as it leaves as well. And that is probably the most powerful part of that whole awareness of thanking money and being in relationship with money differently is now you can't have the emotion of regret or guilt or whatever in spending your money. You get to actually enjoy the flow of money coming in and money leaving. And so when we're in practice of this on a regular basis, and we do this in, in our household uh, regularly where we're yelling arigato and excited about money, whether it's coming in or out, it doesn't matter. It's just the simple flow of being in gratitude with it has really taken a different experience in our journey with money and it's been really exciting and less anxious and allows us to feel money in a different type of way absolutely being thankful being in gratitude you know it's like i speak about you know having a relationship with money and having a relationship with anything else you know if you're doing something for me and i want to say thank you it's the same mm -hmm. it's the same uh, interaction that i'm going to have in any relationship so the power of 
of gratitude and thank you. Yeah. Arigato. <laughs> and so one last question for our audience before we close for today. What is the most common limitation women have when choosing to be with their financial wellness journey? I think the most common one I've seen lately is setting of goals. There comes this point in our conversations usually where I start really um, pursuing them setting goals. And I have a lot of women, surprisingly to me, at least, because I set goals all the time, that they come to me and they don't even know what to set as their goal. And that's the initial conversation. But on a deeper level, the limitation is they're afraid to set a goal because they're afraid of what if they don't hit the goal. That's really the the crux of it. And so the more we can dive into like, why are you afraid? And what's really coming up when you think about even setting a goal, there's more limitations around a lot of, for many of us, kind of what I call micro traumas, where in childhood, maybe we were told that, you know, as a woman, we weren't going to be good with money or that we should marry rich or good thing we're pretty because we wouldn't make money or all these little like kind of micro traumas that add up to these limiting beliefs of what we feel is possible for ourselves with our income potential, but our ability to save, and then our ability to be educated enough to invest, all of that plays into like our limitations that we're guiding ourselves through having grown up in an era where there were still a lot of limitations placed on us as women and still are, right? There's just a conditioning that's occurring in our society around that. And we have a lot more work to do in that. So I'd say that's the biggest limitation is just simply not setting a goal because of the fear that they're not going to hit the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And just do it, just jump, right? At least give yourself mm -hmm. a chance to see if, and, and failure is part of our success, you know, without mm -hmm. failure, we don't reach really anything. So mm -hmm. failure is, is part of the process. Mm -hmm. But Rochelle, thank you so much for your insight and for bringing education and your services for, for women, but, you know, also having that understanding of what it was like to be in the industry. And now you're, you're expanding upon that in such a really big way to support people. So thank you so much for that. So really quickly, how can people find you? Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at abundance queen life. That is the easiest way to find me. Wonderful. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of make money, your partner. Bye Thank for now. You.